Welcome to another edition of the Modern Agile Show. I am here with my friend Arlo Belshi. We're at Deliver Agile in Austin, Texas. Hello. Hello and welcome. Well, gosh, it's a pleasure to be here with you. Um, Arlo, you gave a wonderful talk yesterday. What was it called? What was it Thank about? Uh, it was uh, Mastering Legacy Code, um, and it's about preventing bugs you don't know about in code you can't test. Wonderful. Code you yeah. can't test. Yeah, yeah, so lots of code written without tests in mind, right? Yep. Yep. And I took away a lot from that. I took away the fact that you've come up with a recipe mm -hmm. for safe, very, very safe refactoring. Can you can you talk about that? Sure. Yeah. So this is this is for the, that uh, catch-22 problem of you can't uh, refactor. People think you can't refactor code without tests. And it's actually true that you can't test code without refactoring it. Um, but uh, people get trapped in that catch-22, and this, this breaks it because there are safe ways to do refactorings that don't depend on having a test suite in place. Aha, so going to an old legacy piece of code with never having any automated tests for it, but safely make design transformations. Right. Awesome. Yeah. People need this. <laughs> yes, yeah, so, uh, so yeah, we, we talked about a number of things there. Um, I showed the extract method refactoring uh, recipe that we developed at Tableau. Um, and uh, it's a it's it's a for humans script. I mean, you go through and it literally said you know copy and paste these seven characters into those seven characters and put them here, <laughs> right? It's, it is intended to be dirt stu stupid foolproof. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, and we're finding at Tableau that you can refactor code and people are doing this. And uh, the you know there were bugs in the script at one point. Um, that, that caused bugs, mm -hmm. but we found those. We fixed the script, mm -hmm. um, did that, and at this point, it seems like the script is pretty bulletproof, yeah. and uh, people are refactoring. The only bugs we see are when people uh, uh, don't follow the script. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, so how does this differ from using a tool, like a ex extract method from a tool like IntelliJ or, yeah. or, or ReSharper or whatever? So the main way it differs is that it's in C++ or JavaScript. Ah, okay. <laughs> so, you can, so you can do this in those languages that don't have very fully developed uh, refactoring tools. Exactly, exactly. And and uh, ReSharper is adding support for C++, and in three years, you'll be able to do extract method there, and it won't have any bugs, but right now it still has bugs. Mm -hmm. And so we can't use it in this in these ways. Um, so your, s your formula is foolproof, and you can apply it in languages like C++ and JavaScript and other languages that don't have good tooling. Well, you can explicitly apply this in C++ and JavaScript. Okay, and, um, and what about Java? I mean, like, let's say you're you're not using an IDE, and someone could create a new recipe that would work for Java, but this recipe wouldn't. Okay, so um, this recipe is, is is language specific. Yes. Oh, yeah. okay. So there's there's the general recipes that that Fowler has, uh, uh, yes. and those ones um, work across all languages. Mm -hmm. But in order to do so, they have to be non-specific on a number of things and depend on human judgment, and so right. they're not foolproof, mm. right? Um, whereas these ones are designed to be absolutely foolproof, no human judgment involved, hmm. but in order to do that, they have to be specific to exactly the language that we're working on. Okay, fair enough. So the idea then, uh, so and I, I recall you talking a lot about leaning on the compiler. Can, oh you, yeah. can you say a little bit more about that? Yeah, so the, the big problem that shows up with refactoring is, is uh, how do you prevent mistakes? Even if we're using a recipe and it's just like paste these seven characters in, you could still screw it up somehow. Mm -hmm. right? the, the scope of errors is smaller, but they're still there. Um, and so how do you detect and, pre and uh, prevent those? Mm -hmm. um, 
I don't use tests, and there's actually a reason that I don't use tests. It's not just that the code is untestable. It's actually that tests can't give me the level of assurity and safety that I'm looking for. Mm -hmm. um, and we can talk about that in a moment. Right. Um, <laughs> but uh, so what I do is uh, I use status analysis and, and uh, the compiler to do it. Because I need something that will verify that code is absolutely bug for bug compatible mm -hmm. with whatever it used to be. I didn't accidentally fix a defect. I didn't accidentally introduce a defect. Mm -hmm. I know it's identical. Yeah. And the rules of the language allow you to define what those things are. Mm -hmm. And the compiler is a machine that interprets the rules of the language. Mm -hmm. And so if you can uh, use the type system correctly or use other things, you can validate. So it's very, very micro. I mean, you are making the tiniest change compiling, the tiniest change compiling yeah. to see that it, that's what I noticed in your yeah. talk, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. You demonstrated this. and. Uh, it's it seems extraordinarily safe. Yeah, yeah. Extract method is about nine steps, and there's mm -hmm. you know one step where you're getting the return value correct. Another step where you're introducing the name of the function. Another step, like, they're they're not big steps. <laughs> yes, yes. Very yeah. good. Um, yeah. So this is good news because people mm -hmm. now once you do that, do you see people coming back and writing automated tests? Sure. Um, I, automated tests are still very very useful. They're yes. just they're just not needed for supporting refactoring. They're needed for all sorts of other things. Yes. And yes. so mm -hmm. it's, uh, I, because I made refactoring absolutely safe, mm -hmm. um, it changes the economics, and you can refactor in more times and more places. I can read by refactoring it. The talk that I gave last year mm -hmm. was based on before yes. we had published this, but still doing this, mm -hmm. right? Um, and that's when you're reading code, you, you might not understand something, and you apply this safe mechanical formula to then extract something out or, or make something more readable and understandable. Yeah, or I have an insight, I encode it into the name of the thing. Mm -hmm. right? And yeah. a lot of renames, a lot of extracts, a mm -hmm. lot of just like, give me a name and name it. Right? Sure, sure. Um, and so yeah, doing a bunch of that, um, or if I'm implementing a new feature, um, you know, I definitely need the tests as I go along, and I might need to do some design changes in order to make that easier <laughs> and implement the feature. Um, and the code might not be fully tested or certainly isn't for the uh, testable for exactly what I need, so mm -hmm. I need to do some safe refactorings along the way. Mm, right? Yeah. Um, it's really nice evolution. Safe. I mean, it really is. Cause I mean, I've, I've, of course, I have a lot of code bases that have lots of automated tests around them, and it's such mm -hmm. a pleasure to refactor in those because, you know, mm -hmm. you make something a mistake. If the tests are well written, they'll, they'll, they'll catch a lot of things, not everything. They won't catch everything. They won't catch everything. And so part of this is uh, from my time working at Microsoft. Um, and working at Microsoft, um, <laughs> yeah, you, you told me about that once. <laughs> yeah, bug for bug compatible. Yeah, right. so, <laughs> so as, as I recall you saying, there are yeah. versions of Microsoft Word that have to have the bugs in them. You should, you cannot fix those bugs. You cannot because uh, I was yeah. So I was working uh, in uh, in uh, uh, the database group, and uh, we uh, were producing the OData spec and there were some oddities and we just simplified that part of the spec and then we heard back from the SQL Server group that if the spec was written that way then SQL Server couldn't support it and we asked why and it's because there was a bug written in the first version of Fox Pro back before Microsoft acquired it <laughs> um, that was used uh, uh, in developing a system uh, at a major uh, automotive company, one of the, the, the big ones, um, that source code was lost for about 15 years ago um, and is a major production system running a core important part of their business and every single database that is built on 
anything that they could have ported forward from that version of Foxborough needs to exhibit this behavior. Um, the, buggy, the buggy behavior. The buggy behavior. Yeah. And be able to link against those binaries that were the last ones they could compile 15 years ago when they still had source. So when we say <laughs> when we're saying that when we're saying Microsoft cannot fix the bug, it's not a question of they're able to fix the bug. It's just that they they, they would lose they would lose a billion and a half dollars in annual revenue. If they fix that bug, yeah. So, so you're <laughs> and, and so, <laughs> so they won't. <laughs> so refactoring in that kind of code base is pretty hairy because yeah. you yeah. you have to know exactly what is allowed and what's not allowed. Right, right. Yeah. What is safe? Yeah, it's, it's really all about safety. Yeah, it's, it's yeah, that that, ah. that whole thing. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Make safety a prerequisite. So yeah. that is an, an a, a core part of, of your what you're doing here. Yeah. Uh, in in helping you develop this technique of safe refactoring. It's a really big deal because it is. Uh, so many people claim, I literally was just talking to a client an hour ago, <laughs> a possible new client, and they're like, well, we don't know because the developers are saying that we can't write tests because the, te the code's not written for tests, but yeah. we're afraid to refactor because we don't have tests. Yeah. What you're saying is don't be afraid to refactor, follow these formulas that are safe, and it will allow you to change the design of the code safely such that you could probably then start writing tests. Yeah, and and in fact, um, we had we had a number of good conversations around uh, the the read by refactoring and what is the level of safety we need that Jay Basuzzi simplified down to a nice blog post out there that's uh, tests are neither necessary nor sufficient for refactoring. Mm. Um, and uh, the like when we're going for that bug for bug compatibility, mm -hmm. like. I need to ensure that particular bug is one that Microsoft knows about and can't fix. Mm -hmm. But there are a number of other customer bugs that have been in the product for 10 or 15 years mm -hmm. that nobody at Microsoft knows about, but that Microsoft would also lose hundreds of millions of dollars of sales if they were to accidentally fix. Mm -hmm. um, so you need to ensure that you never fix a bug that you don't know exists. Yes. And how are you going to write a test for that? <laughs> yeah. By definition, you cannot write a test for it because you don't know it exists. Right. Yeah. Um, and so that's why we need this level of safety. It, and then once you have this, like the modern Agile stuff, it's not that you, uh, like there may be some reason that you need that safety and you create it, but then you find making it a prerequisite really changes the whole economics. Right. And, and it's not just that you do it in that sort of a system, mm -hmm. but once you have something that safe, you want to do a design change you know you won't make any bugs. Yeah, that's like a wonderful there's feeling. There's just no fallout possible. Yeah, <laughs> and and so it seems as if you're you're almost like using the compiler. You said you might have said something this in your talk. Mm -hmm. um, using the compiler as the safety net or something like that. I, I'm using the recipe as the main safety net, mm. and then what? Uh, it's it's really you're using your tools. Yes. And the recipe is one tool. Um, the compiler is another tool, mm -hmm. um, and there are other tools that you might use. Okay. If anything that's able to do some language-based static analysis or whatever you've got. Okay, so it, it does require some sort of level of type safety, whether that's, you mentioned TypeScript for JavaScript. Yep. You've got to be in a type-safe environment. Yeah, I don't know how to do it for Python mm -hmm. or Ruby. Like okay. Just the, the tooling isn't there because the language is a little too dynamic and flexible. If you mm. aren't using certain parts of the language, the language would be... Python in particular without eval would be safe enough. Yeah. But the tooling isn't there because people haven't ever tried to build this sort of a thing and do that sort of an analysis. You really should talk to John Brandt at some point. But that's another <laughs> okay. conversation. Cause he, he wrote the world's first automated refactoring tool mm -hmm. and it was in Smalltalk. Mm -hmm. yeah. uh, Don Roberts might have been co-writing that with him, but th that was the very, yeah. very first, world's first automated refactoring tool was yeah. in Smalltalk. 
Which is not a, a strongly typed language. And it doesn't need to be strongly typed as a language. It needs to have tools that can do static analysis and yes. identify the effects. And yep. in Smalltalk, since you're always sitting in the runtime, the tools do the static analysis uh, and can tell you what's going yeah, on. But, but <laughs> you got what you need. But Python, <laughs> languages like Python or, well, Perl or other things <laughs> yeah, like that. Yeah, I get really fun. Another, another dimension. Okay, right. very, very cool. Whereas a language like Haskell, Built in, right? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Real yeah. easy, right? <laughs> and, and so, do you anticipate creating uh, automated tools for for this, these recipes? Um, I'm not. Uh, I mean, there are already like I'm not the first one on the scene with these sorts of recipes. Yeah. Um, in fact, VS Code, uh, a number of the or uh, Visual Studio, the, the the main one, a lot of the refactorings there are built on bulletproof recipes like this. Mm -hmm. It's one of the differences between ReSharper mm -hmm. and uh, Visual Microsoft Studio and Microsoft's refactorings. Yeah. Uh, oh, is okay. the uh, um, when they were building Visual Studio 2015, uh, they were looking at their code base, mm -hmm. uh, or their, their install base, and they found most users don't have any unit tests, don't have any anything, right? Um, and they wanted to do refactoring, and they're selling to big enterprises who aren't going to trust anything, aren't going to trust the tools. Mm. And so their perspective was, we need to ensure that no refactoring ever introduces a bug, ever. Mm -hmm. If it refuses to run sometimes, that's acceptable. Mm -hmm. If it doesn't even tell people why it refuses to run, but it just doesn't, yeah, okay, that's not as good, mm -hmm. but no bug ever, mm -hmm. right? And so they were really pedantic and careful. And there are still bugs in their in their system, but they're all designed that way and they fix the bugs, right? Gotcha. And JetBrains has a mix, right? Yes. Some of them are, are real safe like that, and some of them are really handy, mm -hmm. <laughs> but they're not quite as safe so that they can operate on code and they'll work most of the time, but you can do more things. Mm. Really interesting because I've been wanting um, us to go further with refactoring tools mm -hmm. to do more that yeah. that would enable us to move faster, yeah. um, which is is basically like working on the existing set of refactorings and making them even more sophisticated. Mm -hmm. um, what you're doing is going the other direction and saying, wait a minute, let's get to the core of what these automated refactorings do and make sure they're extraordinarily safe, mm -hmm. um, so that again we don't need the tests and, and, yeah. and, and writing tests is a lot of work. I mean, everyone says we can't do this because we have no tests, so. <laughs> this is huge. This is right. huge. Um, yeah. So, are you going to be covering things like pull up method, push down method, and all the various? You know, I mean, there's a lot of refactorings in Martin Fowler's book. Right? There, there are. Um, and honestly, different refactorings get used to, to a different degree, um, and for different purposes. Sure. Um, so, uh, we're like at Tableau, we've focused on the core refactorings, and some of them are the ones that people are used to, like extract method, and some of them are even more simple, like introduce braces. Like when you're in a C++ code base, introducing curly braces around something is actually a potentially semantics changing operation. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> and so there you need to be able to check for what do I need to be to check in order to do that safely. And the recipe mostly consists of look for this or this or this or this or this. Right. Okay, you can safely introduce your braces, uh -huh. <laughs> right? So very, very, <laughs> very, again, very language specific. Very language specific. Very enigmatic to that language and, and, uh, and micro. And, yes. and yeah. very micro, yeah. yeah. Um, and so, the the core refactorings, you know, rename, uh, extract method, introduce variable, the the core six, um, and a few of the the basic set based refactorings. Um, so you know, create introduce a uh, 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 class or, or create yeah. a parameter object or right. um, move method. You know that are that are sort of manipulating classes. Um, a couple of those, you know, do get used very commonly, mm -hmm. um, and those would be the places that I would start. But it's again not. I have a, a plan or a mission. Mm -hmm. um, it's the the things that we need. 
Yeah, you're, um, you're doing it at, at your current uh, employer and uh, mm -hmm. based on need. So it's, yeah. it's, it's actually evolving out of a real need and you're, mm -hmm. you're employing, you're imp implementing this. You're not just making this stuff up. Right. And uh, uh, talking with a bunch of people after the talk, um, there was interest in, uh, a number of people uh, expressed interest in, in contributing to some of these. Yeah. We have a few more recipes inside the company that are not safe yet, mm -hmm. <laughs> right? Um, that we've been playing around with. We've got some things, and then other languages, we're just like, we just don't have one. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm thinking to put together a project on GitHub, on my GitHub, that'll mm -hmm. be uh, for these recipes, and then take contributions. Um, mm -hmm. And then also, uh, uh, Fowler is doing the second edition of his book. Yes. And um, that book is going to be primarily a web-based catalog with a print book as the second alternate. Mm -hmm. And uh, so we've talked. I've talked with him uh, about doing some of these ultra-safe refactorings on on that. And uh, yeah. And we haven't really decided yet, but he expressed a lot of interest in maybe having like a second category for mm -hmm. these because mm -hmm. they aren't as generally applicable as right. his core ones. Mm -hmm but they're really bulletproof. <laughs> and so mm -hmm. then you can do that trade-off and know in your circumstance which one to, to do. Yeah, I love it, love it, mm -hmm. okay, excellent. Yeah, so I think you, you, and you mentioned something earlier about making safety prerequisite, uh, mm -hmm. about hazard uh, analysis, what, what was that? Oh yeah, okay. So that's a, another thing that we're doing um, at, uh, at Tableau, it's called safeguarding. Um, and it's uh, in an effort to help teams get better at quality. We're trying, you know, on the process towards continuous delivery and all that sort of stuff, um, and uh, you know, all teams have a defect stream. Right? There's there's bugs that are coming in based off of some of their own work, based off of prior work, based off of things they inherited from other parts of the codebase, the usual, right? <laughs> um, <coughs> and at the rate of defects being written today, doing continuous delivery is very very difficult and would be painful on our customers. Um, and so we need to get that quality under control. Um, and so what uh, teams are doing is an analyzing their defect stream to see what problems uh, are there. And this is after you do the fix, um, safeguarding consists of two parts, an RCA and then a remediation. Um, and with the root cause analysis, the RCA, you look beyond the fix to what were the circumstances that caused a well-intentioned developer human to not catch this mistake. Yes. And, and the perspective is that s the system creates mistakes and developers correct for some amount of those and they miss some, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. um, and it's those hazards, mm -hmm. uh, and that's, that's the, yes. the safety thinking. Is it, it's really those hazards in the system that are creating those errors. Mm -hmm. And so we use the errors to detect what the hazard was. Mm -hmm. And then uh, the second part is remediation. So a small time box mm -hmm. to go in and fix those remediations. And that time box is required to be spent in the same sprint as the bug fix, and it's the same priority as the bug fix. So mm -hmm. if you have a ship blocking bug, mm -hmm. then you have a ship blocking hazard. Okay. You can't work on other things. If you have a P3 bug, mm -hmm. then you have a P3 hazard. <laughs> 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 and you can work on some other stuff and get around to it or not, right? And time box for a hazard uh, remediation is what? Uh, I recommend that each remediation be an hour or less, mm -hmm. um, and then you set your time box based off of the severity of the issue mm -hmm. and the probability of occurrence. And mm -hmm. so it might be a half day, it might be two days, mm -hmm. and then you'll just do a number of remediations until your time box expires. Mm, fair enough, good, good feel. Yeah, mm -hmm. so that, that sounds excellent. Yeah. I'm we uh, we definitely do a lot of this at Industrial Logic. We're constantly, but, but we're moving away from, you know, we, we've moved away from sprints a long time ago. So it's right. it's up to the developers to decide is this more important than working on the future to, to get rid of this hazard. 
Recently, we've been, um, you know, simplifying our, our code base for our e-learning without adding any new behavior. So, for example, we had an advanced installer producing uh, MSIs. Right. And so there's a whole bunch of stuff around all that. That's we, crazy. We yeah. got rid of it all because this was years ago. We needed MSIs because people didn't have it on Windows. Didn't have, they didn't have Windows. Didn't come with unzip. Yeah. And they would complain that they didn't have that. So we're like, okay, we'll provide you MSIs. You won't need an unzipping feature. But today's Windows, everyone has it built in. So we realized we could get rid of gobs and gobs of code and and stuff that creates MSIs and just go back to zip. Mm -hmm. And it removed tons of complexity. Plus the learning curve of, yeah. lear of learning advanced installer and learning all, it's gone. Right. That's just an example of the ongoing um, devotion to simplicity. You right. know, like how do we, fewer moving parts is going to be probably safer, fewer hazards. Yeah. Um, yeah. So you're being just, you're being driven by, by values like that all the time. Yeah. Yeah. And you can do it driven by values. Um, we, we're choosing to do it driven by data. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which is, which is another of the big interesting innovations. Um, because there have been efforts to do it driven on, on values, mm. but that was susceptible to the context of the moment, to uh, the, the management feel at the moment, oh, um, yeah. to the trade-offs that dev teams are making based mm -hmm. off of, you know, I don't want to be the developer that prevents my other co-developers from shipping the feature. And so even if the manager is telling me to slow down and be safe, it's like, no, no, I'm actually more responsible to my peers than I am to you, so I'm going to ship some crap here. Yeah. <laughs> Incredible right. of peer pressure. <laughs> some, of the, some of the peer yeah, pressure, it's and it's real, mm -hmm. and, and it's actually even a, a socially like good and right choice. Mm. Like I'm I'm doing right by my team, except maybe we should change the definition of right. But but that's I'm doing right by my team, um, and uh, but doing uh, adding the next new hazards, adding some more hazards, mm -hmm. right? So by us focusing on the data. Yeah, um, yeah. It's less susceptible to a lot of those, and it's just like mm -hmm. bugs. Yeah. They cost us money. They right. piss off customers. Right. Let's stop having them. Do you, <laughs> do you guys do test-driven development? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, so that's also happening. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. Well, that's great. I mean, uh, it's uh, you are living, breathing <laughs> example of making safety a prerequisite. I, I know in a lot of areas of, mm -hmm. of what you do. So, um, do you use any of these other um, principles? Yes. Experiment and learn rapidly. I think that's. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Definitely experiment and learn rapidly as much as I can. <laughs> You're constantly experimenting. I know this. Um, always, yeah. right? Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, all of these techniques, all of the things that we're doing, um, you know, the way that we're learning to refactor, the, the way that we're thinking of refactoring, those undergo um, many changes a year. Mm -hmm. um, the, the way that I teach refactoring has changed yeah. fundamentally like <laughs> four or five times in the last 12 months. Um, <laughs> and that's since we last talked, right? right <laughs> Where right. it changed a whole bunch of times during that period. Yeah, right. that's remarkable. Yeah. And then deliver value continuously. Um, yeah, so uh, there's two levels on that. Uh, me personally, again, like when working internally and with the teams, it's everything is always like shipped first and then get it right by the third or fourth team, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, especially nice being an internal employee, I get to do that. Right? Mm -hmm. I don't have to have the first shipment must work or I lose the contract. It's uh, I can agree with everybody. We're, we're going to go early and you guys are the pilot. <laughs> we're going to figure this out. Right? Um, and then uh, the next level, of course, is, is Tableau's. Uh, one of our big both goals right now is to get to continuous delivery. Yes. Um, and <laughs> all of that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> another conversation yeah yeah and to make people awesome um, make people awesome is an interesting one um, for me because 
on one sense, I do a lot of it unconsciously, apparently. Mm-hmm. On another sense, I pay zero attention to it whatsoever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you're, you're doing these other three things, which if you do those other three things, the other three principles, it you probably are, that's probably falling out of it. Yeah, I, mm-hmm. I think that's, that's pretty accurate. Um, I know Tableau as a company focuses a lot on the make people awesome. Yeah. Like all the efforts on user-centered, like mm. the design for that stuff and, mm. and research on data science on how do we, it's not just like, how do we get better data science, but how do we make it so that humans visually interpret this data <laughs> in a useful and action and correct way? That's what, that's <laughs> so Tableau <laughs> creates visualizations of data for people, right? Yeah, yeah, help people see and understand their data. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's beautiful. Well, I think we're out of time. It's the Don't conference party is about to start, isn't yes, it? Yes, you've got to get over there. And there's, there's whiskey to be drunk. <laughs> <laughs> thank you all for thank, uh, you, thank you for coming on the show. It's always a pleasure, and hopefully mm-hmm. we'll talk again and uh, mm-hmm. look forward to seeing what, what results from what you're doing and support it in any way I can. So Awesome. And thanks for watching the show. If you uh, like the show, please share it with others, and uh, we'll see you next time. And uh, if you're interested in learning more about refactoring, I'm happy to teach and, and help people. Reach out to me on Twitter at, at Arlo Belshi. Um, I'll post that on the, uh, on the video. Okay, thank you very much. All right, see you all.